Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. I'm really, really excited today because I have an amazing guest. Her name is Mary Margaret Skelly, and she's here because she changed her entire life and is starting a global campaign to help um, women and men also change their careers, move from financial sectors or big companies or heavy pressure situations into finding their passion and creating social media campaigns and really looking at how they can help the world at a time that is so in need. And so she's done it. She's become very successful at doing it. She's running groups of women, maybe men too, we'll find out, and running private counseling to help people change careers at this time. And I really want to talk with her about the power of saying no. And so I'm going to have Mary introduce herself now. Well said. First of all, I'm just so excited. We've been trying to talk for a while and I'm so glad we could connect. And I'm such a fan of your books and all of your work too. So it's my pleasure. And yeah, I like that introduction. Well said. The only thing I would say is you can actually stay where you are and transform your entire experience. So many people I work with find their passion quote unquote but some of them find it right in front of them with a little bit of a different with a little bit of a reframe we'll say if you'd like to contact mary you can go to instagram and you'll find her under mary margaret skelly this will also be in the notes if you're interested in purchasing either of my books i wrote i wrote them both under the pen name pritam atma and they're available on Amazon. You can also get them through the Mystical Motherhood website. Fertile and Mystical Motherhood are both available at www.mysticalmotherhood.com. Thanks. So tell me, like, so you were working at a big company and um, then what spurned you to say no? What gave you that energy to say, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. And what do you say with all the people that are in an incredible amount of fear right now that they know they don't want to lose their job, but they don't want to change. And they like, how do they manage the fear finances and, and changing their life right now? And how did you do it? And how do you manage your own fear? Well, There's so much to be said in response to that question. But what I will say is I was put in this a similar kind of situation, not by choice. And and many people are in, as you describe, a really scary situation. Again, not by choice. Mine just happened a few years earlier. I got really sick. So I had no choice but to walk away from the pressure I was under and the high-stress job that I was in. And I had to take about a year off to recover from an autoimmune illness. I had, you know, before that, a fat savings account. I was on a trajectory to be a partner in a firm in what was, would be a very lucrative career path. And I was sort of forced out of it. And I liken that situation to what a lot of people are going through now because we didn't ask for this. And yet there's so much that can be found in this moment in when you're up against the fear of losing everything. And that happened to me. I moved home. I lived on my dad's couch. (laughs) I lost everything. And it was a beautiful opportunity to look at what was really important to me. And 
like what happens to a lot of people, I think if we look back on kind of the worst thing that ever happened to you, it actually turns out in many ways to be the best thing. And I think a lot of people have that opportunity now if they're willing to face the fear, kind of not numb out during this crisis, not spend it complaining, either just watching TV and, and, and reading the headlines and being in fear. I think if we harness this opportunity, there is a, there's a lot of gold on the other side of it. I completely agree with you. And I was in that same position where I felt like I, I, when I divorced and left everything financially, and I felt like I lost everything. And it happened before this crisis happened. And so when this crisis happened, I just thought, I can't lose anything else. There's nothing else to lose. And I'm also writing about this in my third book. And it's about, you know, the the trans, a lot is in this third book, but part of it is the hero's journey. And the hero's journey is like, you're in a normal reality, you're in a normal reality. It's sort of like Alice in Wonderland, or um, when she goes into Oz, she's in normal reality. Then she enters and she enters this new reality, which is completely different than before. Is it a dream world or not? And has to lose everything in the process. And so it's like, that's happening. It, it, everyone's being forced through that level of like fire calcination is what I call it. And the manifestation level right now is incredibly powerful. Right. Yeah. This is an initiation. Yeah. It's it, a full on initiation. And, and because we're in it, we might not have that perspective to see it. I mean, most of us, it's like, let's just get through the day, which <laughs> is understandable as well. But if one step at a time, we can let this experience show us uh, what wasn't working before, what we were focused on that was a complete waste of time. And I also think whatever pisses you off the most about this whole this whole crisis, whether it's, you know, you're pissed at the people who won't wear the mask and and are just focused on their constitutional rights, or you're, you know, you think the other side, you know, they're sheep because they're, they're in fear. Like whatever, whatever perspective you have, first of all, it's valid. And second of all, it's pointing you to what your mission is essentially. And whatever is making you angry, it's because in some way your mission is to raise the consciousness so that people remember that we are free and, and we are all in this together in some way. Maybe not in the sort of cliched fear-based way that we're being sold to, but that we do need to unify in a sophisticated, nuanced way to use this as a time to expand our consciousness, our freedom, our health, so on and so forth. I love that you put it that way, actually. It's like, I was thinking, so when I was thinking, because I, a lot of people, at least I have personally gone through one of the fastest and most profound finishings of some healings that I need, things that I've been working on probably for two years, almost like closed up when this virus hit, because I had like a pressurized time to just, and it's like, the virus didn't affect me. It couldn't trigger me. And, you know, the fear of the mask couldn't trigger me. That wasn't triggering me. You know, my my internet went out and of course my computer got attacked, still didn't get triggered. And then I but my trigger is as I'm working through relationships, because that's my third book. And so I thought it was a personal subconscious thing I was really working on. But actually, from your point of view, I had some final men come in as some parts of my book that were that spurned the energy of like you got to write this now and it was like the mirror of it all and I ended up you know I'm 80 pages deep already you know within two months of my third book that's I've never moved that quickly and so it I thought it was more of me healing the subconscious pattern that needed for me but it was actually more of a destiny push 
from your perspective, which is super cool. Have you had that happen too recently? A hundred percent. What happened for you? So other people can see, because I mean, there's a lot of people right now that are like, I'm just getting up and then I take a shower and then I do this. And, and it's like, okay, well, what can they, you know, what, how can we help them get out of that spunk and get into what they're supposed to do here on the planet? Yeah. Well, the first step is to, to feel whatever is coming up. And so what a lot of people are doing is just trying to put their heads down and get through this and they're missing the gifts of this time. And so, it, it, and you don't have to sit in that space for long, you know, like your angst over the relationships or anger or whatever it is, but you have to acknowledge that it's there and then transmute it. Yeah. And in, in my personal experience, it's been kind of a sharpening of what matters and what doesn't. And it's, it's very subtle for me because I was already on that track of, okay, you know, years ago it was, hey, if you want to do something on this planet, you can't go out and party every night. It's like, that's like the obvious. And then it just becomes more and more subtle. Like, hey, where are you wasting your time on conversations that, that are draining you? Or where are you, you know, inserting yourself and trying to help where it's not needed? Or where even, you know, what, where are you spending too much time getting lost in the news? And so it's been a sharpening of, we have to maneuver an extreme amount of information and viewpoints and fear and, and heaviness right now. And the whole thing is about maneuvering and staying focused on what do I need to do? What do I need to do to contribute to a higher frequency, if you want to talk in those terms? Or let's make it really practical. What do I need to do uh, for my family, you know, for my office space, for my um, company? How can I make things a little bit better for the clients in front of me? If you're constantly asking, how can I serve? Then you're going to make the most of this time and you're not going to get, you're not going to get stuck in a loop. And sometimes just uh, that's so exactly how I wish I could have said it. But, and sometimes if you're all listening, when you ask, when you say, like, so my prayer is take me to my highest destiny, help me to awaken humanity. I am humbled by that prayer. It may, when I even say it out loud, I'm embarrassed because I think, oh, how could I do that? How could I do that? But I can't tell you. I read it in Conversations with God, book four. I started to say, that prayer helped me to awaken humanity. When I started to say that prayer, my entire life changed. They're like, you ready, girl? And I was like, oh, no. And then they, and now, and then I stopped praying it because I was like, oh, crap, it worked. But did it work the way I thought it would? Like, I thought it would be a beautiful process. Like, I thought it would be light and love and really pleasant. And I, you know, like ego parts of like what that looks like. No, it's, it destroys you. And so the way you think you can help is sometimes you have to heal a lot of parts of yourself so that you're capable to hold the amount of energy that needs to be exerted to help that many more people. And the bigger, the cleaner you are, the more you can empty out, the more you can let go of, the more you can hold, the more auras you can hold within you. Like, for example, I work at this beautiful fertility clinic out in um, Brooklyn. It's massive. The man who started it is my mentor. I'm not, I work at Genesis Fertility and I work, and the man who started it, his name is Dr. Grazi. And so he's been doing fertility since the beginning of this. And he would be what we, Yogi Bajma, and I would consider like a man of God. Like he, he, you know, in all kinds of ways, if the only kind of, you know, spiritual teacher I've seen in that way, who's not so obvious about it. And in his aura, not only does he hold within, you know, 60 to 100 employees within one building, he holds the entire community he holds the people that run, look at his books and he holds all the babies he's made over the last, 
you know, 35 years and all of their families and all of those other generations that come because those women couldn't make those babies. Now that's an aura. That's an aura that's affecting his lineage, which is, you know, Jewish and probably some, you know, Egyptian or some, we don't know, right? We don't even know how big it is. And we can't consciously understand how many people you're helping. And so that's a really grand example. But there is an example of what the women I work with, when you clear yourself enough, if you're taking the time right now, and then you're going to have a baby, you're actually clearing it for all those generations. And so your prayer is bigger than you know. And what we've always learned is with the prayer comes the answer. And it's so immediate and it's not necessarily going to come in the form that you thought it would come. Do you agree with that? Have you had that happen where you prayed for something and then it came differently for you? All the time. And I love how you put it in your book, how it is, uh, it is a burning away of everything. Like once you make that prayer, the first step is to burn away everything that's stopping you from it. And it's extremely painful. And it's why people will start a meditation practice and it's like your life falls apart. (laughs) That's kind of step one. But if you can stay steady during that time, on the other side of that, it's just, there's going to be a lot more clarity, a lot more seamlessness. And and it's in cycles, as you allude to in your book too, which it's not like you get to some point and everything's great. You know, there are more layers. And then once you start to clean yourself out, you start taking on things for other people. I mean, this is a, you know, this is, it's, the word warrior is overused, but I actually like it, especially in this time, which is if you've got that kind of prayer, it's, uh, it's, it's big because you, you, start, you start clearing things for other people as well. And that's when it becomes just not all about you. And it's a paradox because you and I are just a speck. I mean, there are billions of people on the planet, which is kind of comforting because it's just, it's not all about us. And, that, and then at the same time, we do have a mission and the prayer that you make, you might think is like grandiose, you know, help me serve humanity, but that's that we have to simultaneously be aware of uh, just just how not self-important we are. And then just how critically important and grandiose our missions are as well. And if you can hold that sort of tension between the two and remember that every decision I make contributes to the vibratory frequency of this planet, and every time I can get into a higher vibrational, uh, you know, state, I'm, I'm doing my part to see which way we're going to go. Are we going to collapse into fear and control and illness and this track that we've been on that's, that's, that's terrifying? Or are we going to use this opportunity to uh, create the golden age that every spiritual lineage has, has prophesied? And it's up to us in, in every moment of our day. I love that you just said that. And I want to reiterate for everyone to hear every decision you make will, will change the future of this planet. And I can't say how important that is because the timelines right now are not the same in any moment, time or space. I can switch things. I can sabotage. I can make things move. I am seeing the level of manifestation that's available right now is powerful and uh, can hurt you and can be very beneficial for you. I mean, within days, I'm having things occur for me. Thoughts that I need, things I need to happen, and I can redesign it so quickly. And so if I'm, you know, for right right now, I'm writing my third book, so I'm understanding relationships. So if I need to study something around that, I can see it and happen within hours. 
um, days, you know, time, the time, there's no such thing as time. And we pick our timelines through the decisions that we make. A really powerful word right now to reiterate another thing Mary said is no. And so I can't say how important it is because there's going to be so many things that are coming in to distract you. And it's going to be your personal things you've always worked around. So um, for me, as I've always talked in all these podcasts, I'm always very broad about what I'm healing internally so that you all can follow or be honest with about our faults, right? And right now it's that male wound because I've gone through the female wound and now it's the male wound. And so if there's anything left in me, it will be mirrored to me and as a distraction to take me away or something. And it's like the no of, I can't do that. Or the no, I won't drink that alcohol if that's your go-to number, or I won't do that drug. Or no, I won't get in a fight with my mom again about the same thing. Or no, I'm not going to get in the family drama because it's all... And, and there's also things coming in on higher planes on really, really negative, negative, high vibrational, dark forces that will get you if you're on a path to do something for this planet. And they'll come in through people and events, specifically through humans, and trigger you in a way that you, it's almost unhumanly. Like the, how did they, the words come out of their mouth? Who's speaking? Who, you know, I don't, I don't recognize that person anymore. Trust me, it's a trigger and it's real. Avoid it. Say no to it. Don't get into it. Don't get into the hook of it. Do you agree with me? Have you had anything like that happen, Mary? It's very real. And that's why this new age idea that everything in your sphere is something you attract is false. I completely agree with that because sometimes I'm like, yeah, I said I wanted that, but it's also, I wanted it in that moment. It's not the right thing. It's not the right vibration yet. No, out. Don't feel bad blocking or whatever you need to do. Yeah. And let's put it in, in, in business and career terms. What might that look like? Because these are the conversations I'm having. Much of the work that I do with women one-on-one is about taking things away. So rather than here's a longer to-do list on top of your already crushing to-do list and the crushing expectations that have been placed on, on women and will continue to, and, and men, of course, on all of us, but it's what can we take away? And it's probably, first of all, that hour-long conversation you're having with that same coworker every morning where you're complaining about the company. And it's amazing to me how many of us still do that. And, and I'm intimately familiar. I used to do that. And it's my biggest regret. Every workplace has its dysfunction and nuances. And if you look for something to complain about, you will find it. And it's only hurting you. It's not helping you come up with constructive solutions to change it. And it's draining your energy. And I, and I, see, that, I see that so often just focusing on what doesn't matter and it's totally holding you back from the things that you need to go do. And the people I admire the most, they just, they keep their heads down and they stay out of all of that. They focus on solutions and they also are always alert to how can I work smarter? Where am I overcomplicating things as a way to self-sabotage? And like I said, these things are becoming more and more subtle. We're becoming more and more subtle. And so we're, we're noticing more and more like, you know, every, it's no small thing to pick up and scroll through social media. Like that's taking away from somebody you could be serving in that moment. And I'm not saying we need, you know, there's, there's time and place for zoning out and that's fine. But if that's your go-to, it's what isn't getting done. What part of the life you came here to live is passing you by. We don't have a lot of time. The time is very short. I think you and I have, you know, never felt that more 
And, and we don't have 80 years flies by 80, 90 years, whatever it is. And so you can debate minutia about like, what's the right diet or, you know, Republican versus Democrat or mask versus no mask. And it's like, if you can have a little bit more nuance, a little bit more sophistication and understand that so many dimensions, as you say, and so many timelines are happening at the same time, the truth and the reality is slippery. But the reality for you is what's going to energize you and what you're, you're meant to do. And so you've got to stay focused on that or you risk getting derailed. And another thing about like the masks, for example, if somebody is in so much need, if, okay, I, I'm, I don't care either way. I'm not going to go into my opinion about anything about this. The virus is very real, but the fear around it should not be. Right. And because it's not going to do anything for us. And if you have some... Well, we, and Epstein-Barr has been, you know, I had that for so long. I mean, that took me down. If you want to be worried about a virus, I mean, there there's so many of them. And, there's so and many of them and they're not going to go they're away. They're all serious, but, but yes. But right, but if... Not- yeah, if somebody, like, if, if you don't want to wear a mask, if you're one of the people like, I don't want to wear a mask, no, I'm not going to do that. And you're, but that's also a part of you that wants to sabotage in general or hurt people around you or put some sort of ego up of like, I don't have to do this. It's just like if somebody else, and this is what you're saying, don't get into the drama of anything. It's like if somebody else needs you to wear that mask because that's what they're needing in that moment, put the mask on. If they can't, if they, you don't need to wear the mask with them, then take it off. If they need you to, if you need to, and even if it's as simple as like, you don't know what you're here to do yet. You're still lost. You're feeling confused. You're listening because you want to have a baby. You're just in total fear. You need to take your day every day, day by day. It's very difficult to plan. The only thing you can plan right now is how you want to feel, who you want you around you, and um, it's it's like almost impossible to make long term goals, and it's it's almost that's how in a in a weird way that's what spirituality or Eckhart Tolle has always said: be now, you know, be present now, be here now. And so um, the not planning isn't a bad thing. Who cares? All that not plan. Did, you, who knows what you would do anyway? Plans are constantly changing, and if you try to plan, they will change. And that's what's so cool about this. That's the timeline shift that's occurring on the planet. Do you agree? I agree. And I think it has interesting implications for business as well, where it used to be, hey, we need your six-month business plan or your year-long business plan. And those things are interesting and it's it's good to have goals and play with that. And then also what I see in my own my own experience, my own observation is the kind of step-by-step of it all where opportunities come that, hey, maybe they didn't fit rigidly into your plan, but you've got to be alert enough to say, hey, that's actually going to take me in a direction that's even more expansive or that's going to derail me. So it is, I agree with you that it's, it's moment by moment and that uh, now more than ever, it, it's, you, cannot, you cannot plan and you've got to be able to, um, to serve and enjoy whatever weird circumstances you find yourself in because it's, it's only going to get weirder, at least, you know, at least in the short term. It's going to get weirder. And I, th- I mean, like, I, 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 I don't think it's going to get worse. I think we probably hit the worst part of it. I mean, that shock. And the, I mean, I was preparing for that for like 10 years and it still yeah. shocked me and all of us. I mean, like I knew something was going to happen in 2020. We all knew something was going to happen. I didn't think it would be that big. And it took us down. I mean, took me down. I needed days of rest. And if you're still in that place where you just need to sleep, then you need to sleep. Right. Don't feel bad about it. If you don't, you don't need to plan your day out, but 
just one of the best ways to look at day by day is plan what you don't need to do and simplify it. And even if that's playing with your children and having a really good quality time with them and cooking dinner with them, that could be the most important thing in that moment. Absolutely. And, and that, and so it's like, you have to look at your life as like, what are the feelings you want to create and what, what, what does that look like? You know, who's around you with that experience? And then, I mean, how would you describe that? How would you better describe that? What I'm saying? Well, I go back to our, our mutual mentor, Guru Jagat, has, has talked about this. It, it's always stuck with me. But she says, I forget who it is. I forget the details. Some sort of Chinese dissident who was in prison. And he said, the freest I've ever been is that 20 years in that Chinese prison. Because it was mind training, because it was like a boot camp of, all right, these are the most restrictive conditions possible. But there's something dharmic about me needing to be here and creating like that frequency of freedom. And I know that's that's somewhat esoteric, but we are very restricted right now. And it's like, how much freedom, how much expansiveness, how much connection can we create? It's an experiment. And, and you and I have the benefit of like being able to step back and listen to some of these, um, you know, every every spiritual tradition has a different view on it. But many agree that we're in the middle of a very long cycle. We're in the absolute darkest, the Kali Yuga. Like this is as dark as it gets. The ancient yogi said about this time, the truth will be what you can convince somebody of. Meaning truth is going to be really hard to find. It's, it's, the, it's a dark age. And yet we know we're here, you know, our souls are here for the long haul and that we've been in golden ages and we'll get to another one. So in, from that perspective, you can step back and just hold it all a lot more lightly and just say, we're having an experience. We're having the experience of how can our souls thrive in a time when our physical bodies are so restricted and under threat. And let's see what we can do with it. Let's like, let's have a little fun with it. You know, I was thinking, I hate, I don't want to make anybody upset, but I was thinking, God, I feel so lucky to be involved to, to experience this. Cause I mean, I don't think I, I moved to New York two years ago. I had no idea why I moved here and I moved to Brooklyn. I had never been to Brooklyn in my whole life. And I got an apartment. I had never been to the neighborhood I'd been in ever. Not one time. I only gone to Brooklyn. Like, like I went to New York to go shopping and drink years before. And that's what right. all I knew of New York is like drinking. And I was told, go to Brooklyn. You need to move there. Mm-hmm. Did I know that in my chart, it was like the perfect place to live? No. I just yeah. follow the next thing I'm supposed to do. I had a whole plan that I was going to go to California. I had a house picked out. I had a car picked out. I was going to be married. And I was like, nope, no, 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 no. You're going to go through a really chaotic period. And you're going to do it before the chaos comes. Because had I not prepared for this level of chaos, I already been through it. And I know from the level of chaos, from when things are chaotic in my life, whenever it's super chaotic, oh my gosh, it's so good after. So I know a period of peace is coming. This I feel for sure. Because if it's this level of, and and the grander the chaos, the better the peace. Because, I mean, I mean, possibly, but if we look at what I always work with is alchemy. And so my next book, in my previous books, I took the elements as just a base understanding of like what alchemy is and how the planet works with it and how it works internally for us. But then there's these seven 
there's actually eight stages of alchemy. And this is from ancient Egypt. And it's an ancient technology brought with the emerald tablet by Thoth in Egypt. And it's brought through Hermes and different um, people in, you know, the alchemists. So when you were talking earlier, I've mentioned this before in podcasts, is alchemists tend to go through the alchemical cycle faster and at a more accelerated rate with more intensity. And now that the planet's heating up, we're actually all going to do that together, I feel like, because this is an alchemical transformation, though it's also a polarity that meaning I, I think there's a negative force hitting us there is always going to be that positive side of it. And so if it's, if it's this level of fire, the alchemical pressure of what's happening on the planet can spin us either way. And that's the battle we're in. And so, so if you want, I mean, this book is going to discuss all of this, but like that phase of, I mean, have you ever been through that fire phase and then through the water? Have you, do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Many times. I mean, I think you and I too, signed up for that in some way where we, our souls wanted to evolve extremely quickly. So we go through that cycle, you know, every, you know, frequently. And, and, and I think um, you, I agree with you that we're speeding up. And so I would also advise people, especially when it comes to career and movement and so forth, you know, there's been this idea that we need to be stable. You need to join a company and, and show loyalty, which, and there's beauty in that too. And your resume needs to look a certain way. And so and you need to follow this linear path. And people are changing so quickly that, you know, just because a relationship or a job lasts for a month, it doesn't mean it, it, you're, we're, we're moving quickly through experiences now. And so that was still valid. You know how people, they break up with somebody and they're like, but I only dated them for a week. Why am I so devastated? But the, the, the time does not equal intensity and value. And so I, I invite people to forgive themselves for just kind of crashing into life a little bit more. And, you know, yes, of course, is, are some people's lessons to uh, slow down, stay put and stay loyal to a certain relationship or business? Maybe. Yes. But I also think we put so much pressure on ourselves to get everything perfect and to never have the breakup or the, you know, the career setback or whatever it is. I mean, we're in a washing machine. We're in a chaotic time. And, and there's kind of beauty in the breakdown as you describe and there is there's so much there's so much learning on the other side of it yeah and what the breakdown is going to be better like exactly it and what the big breakdown is going to be it's going to be a breakdown of your conditioning and so anything that you were conditioned with to believe so as you go through this process of transformation all of your belief systems you have to empty 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 out just like we were talking about before you have to become bigger your container has to become bigger. It, and this is what alchemy is, is you are the container and the soul is within you. And in order for that soul to get really clean, you have to let go of all the belief systems of what you, the way you think things should be and the way they should look. And anything you cling to of a belief system, which is all created through your conditioning in the womb and as a child and probably even previous lifetimes, it's a lot to go through. And so any conditionings or belief systems you have at this time. So if you believe a family looks a certain way and you're never going to get divorced. Oh, I promise you, you will be tested. If you believe your career should look a certain way and, and, you know, you identify with your career in that way, it will be taken away. And so 
that's what it's like. The, and that, and that is, that's the chaos that will create, you know, more peace in the end, but the conditioning is what causes the pain. And what I've talked about in previous podcasts is we're going through not all, I mean, I've been talking about it for almost a year is the heart opening process of humanity that we're now going through. And so the conditioning literally lives in these bottom three chakras of, you know, everything that's being melted away and all your conditioning has to be destroyed in order to feel that just, just neutrality of like, whatever happens, it's okay. Yeah. I'm going to be okay. That's like the greatest thing to say every morning. This is great. I'm going to be such a great day. I'm going to be okay. I get to put my shoes on and I'm going to, I'm going to, you don't even have to do your hair anymore. (laughs) It's so great. (laughs) I wore my pajamas to the park yesterday. I was like, this is awesome. And in that moment, I was so happy my kids are so happy. I mean, are you having these moments of just like, holy shit, this is awesome. I've, I've been in a long distance relationship and all I wanted is tw- in 2020 was to spend more time with my fiance. Well, we just got three months <laughs> together where we have not, not spent a moment apart. So, I mean, yeah, like that's great. We wanted more time together. It's great. And, you know, I think about, and, and I, I just, it, it is all in the way that you react. So, you know, my trigger, if you want to call it that, it's like, it's like authority. And, you know, like a t- nothing makes me more mad than a TSA line with like, you know, agents who have like, you know, they, they're drunk on power and like bossing people around and yelling and whatever. And so I get defensive. And my first instinct is like, you know, I get pissed and a mouthy. And then you look at somebody like my dad is so good at this. I mean, he's best friends with the agent by the time he's out of there. And he's totally, he's like, he's transformed the whole vibration of the whole vibe of the place. And then everyone who comes through the line next gets like happier TSA agents. And, and that's just one example of how it's really not the circumstances. It's really in how we can, we can elevate whoever's in front of us, the whole scenario and we're getting, we're definitely getting a lot of practice with that right now. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, just to make it really, really clear, like that prayer of awakening humanity, if your ego thinks that a prayer of awakening humanity is becoming famous and, you know, like these, you know, it's, that's not the prayer where I'm talking about. And that prayer can be a silent experience and a very private experience and just a vibrational experience. It may not look like, so back to the belief systems and conditioning. I mean, if you're conditioned and your ego thinks that, you know, it looks a certain way, that's not going to work either. And so, so you'll be tested repeatedly to let go of the way you think it's going to look. And the story that you have created for yourself, which I call in, the, in this next book, The Original Wound, is, is for us to really, really awaken on the level we need to awaken on this planet. We have to heal our original wounds. And so your, I define the original wound as anything that's a story that you carry around and like to repeat and that you repeat through the people around you throughout your life that are different players in this hologram or video game we call you know, life. And so, um, I've been very public about my healing of my original rune around my father and then the replaying of the men I attract. And so everyone's going to have their own original wound to heal. And that will be your heart opening experience. And as you go through this heart opening experience, different players will come in either by your choice 
or by their helping you to help you heal that original wound. And if you can get to the healing part and not get stuck in the reaction and drama and trauma of it, you will have love and compassion for them at the end and be so grateful that they were able to take on the role to help hurt you or make you heal. And so if your boss fires you and you have an ego thing around that, and you're changing careers, which is Mary's specialty, um, I'd like to have you have a different view around what's happening because there's always another way to see things. Right? Boom. And we're done. We do that. It takes a lot of energy to be able to see that in the moment. Yes. And that's why, we, that's why anyone I work with who has some kind of mourning uh, I'll call it a spiritual practice, but it could be quite secular. It could be, you know, just looking in the mirror and getting real with yourself. But anyone who takes some time to uh, regroup in the morning will say, in whatever way, we like Kundalini Yoga, it works out the body, the mind, you know, all the systems, um, because it takes a lot of energy. It's very challenging down here. It's, 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 it's tricky to, to stay. I mean, it's so easy for us to say this, and then the application of it is incredibly challenging in moment to moment. Yeah. And so more that you can take care of yourself and condition yourself and prime yourself in the morning for whatever is going to come that day. And just know you're going to get hit. The whole day is going to be, you know, an obstacle course in some way. And there's going to be wins and challenges. And you can enjoy all of it if you can keep the higher perspective. Yes. And, and know that... It's not about going into the wound or the trauma or the belief system or the conditioning or whatever's triggering you. It's not about like talking about it or like thinking about it or, I mean, that's hard, but it's, it may take you years. It's about just recognizing, oh, even the the becoming aware of like, oh, this is a pattern. That's a massive change. Like a pattern just to be like, oh, this has happened before. Oh, I'm going to catch it this time. And that's why that word no is just, I mean, no, it's just like, no, no, I don't think so. I'm not going to do it. And, and, and you can even go talk to your friends about that. You said no. And that's a better way to communicate because women we need to talk. And so maybe instead of saying the issue that you didn't, you know, go into, you just said, you know, I, I got so triggered today by this event and I just walked away and I said, no, or I, my boss asked me to do this thing or I, you know, I just, I, I cut it out. I let, I simplified. I got more present. The biggest no is to those thoughts that want to come in. Like the, just the, the negative track that your mind wants to go down and just it's, it's no. And we have a tool in Kundalini yoga, which is the mantra that you just start playing, saying in your head instead. But you know, there are other modalities and whatever works for you, but we can't afford to indulge in that in that, in those negative thought streams anymore. We know, you know, in our tradition, that if you think one, then you make a space and, and all the other matching thoughts will come in. And basically we're in this dimension of like all possible thought streams that you could get on. And, um, and it's due to entropy, you know, we will kind of settle in if we don't do something actively about it to negative thought streams. And there are plenty available right now. And so the day, the daily practice is what's the higher, what's the more productive thought I can reach for? What's the most productive next step I can take the whole game? And I, and you know, it's, it's interesting because I was in the bed with the girl, my little girls the other night. And one of my daughters, the younger one, like four was like, mom, you know, if you die, 
am I going to come back through you? And she started to really cry real tears. And this was in the middle of the whole thing. And we're in the middle, of, just so you know where I'm located, I'm in the middle of Brooklyn. Like, I mean, it was like, I'm in the middle of a war zone. And I knew I was supposed to be exactly where I was. And, I, and then, you know, I'm, my ex-husband's like, let's move. And I got, and everybody was telling me, move here, move here. And I was like, no, I'm going to buy a home. And I'm going to stick this out because my go-to pattern is to run. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to sabotage. I was placed here for a purpose. Anyway, so she's talking about death and she's four years old. I've never, never really talked about that with her. I said that, you know, you have a body, it's a transport system. You move in and out of it. Don't get attached. Mm -hmm. And that's how I describe it as a car. And she's like, well, if you die, can I come back through your belly? Or if, you know, or if I die, can I come back? through your belly or, you know, and I said, who, who talked to you about this? She said, nobody. And I said, oh my God, you're picking up on other people's thoughts in Brooklyn. And I, and I explained to the girls, like, these are not your thoughts. Um, and I started, I wasn't, I was playing mantras around the house, but I, and now they're asking me, turn the mantras up because they're having more nightmares. And as am I. And so the mantras are playing in our house all night long and they should be playing in your house all night long. And so that you don't get hit by those thought patterns that are not yours, especially if you're in an environment as heavy as New York. Yeah. And it's heavy here. And I mean, I don't, people are running from it. It's so intense. But I'm not saying it's not intense all over the planet, but my God. Yeah. But I'm walking around and I'm, it feels okay because of my practice. Yeah. Isn't that a revelation, though, to know that just because a thought comes into your head, it, that's meaningless. It's absolutely meaningless. You, you can choose to go down that track. You don't have to. It's not necessarily yours. Probably not yours. And to me, that's been quite freeing. And it's probably not yours. And, and if it is yours, it's likely right now, especially if you don't have a practice, going to be one of those original wounds repeated through some pattern. And so, I, I mean, I found this for myself is when I, the, I was obsessing thoughts about the male and how that, and I was like, oh, and, and I took, I mean, even after all these years, it took me years to find out, oh, that's just my dad, right? And so yours could be, if you're having a thought about your, some pattern with some woman or whatever your, let's pick your poison. It has nothing to do with that person. It has to do with these conditioning, conditionings that you were, that are so deep inside of you, you're not even consciously aware of how big the wound is. And so the most powerful meditation, this is like the fifth podcast I've said it for, and I didn't want to do it for so many years, but the addiction meditation, which is in my book, Mystical Motherhood, and it's free on my website, mysticalmotherhood.com, and it's Google it, YouTube it, um, it's on Rama TV. It's called the Addiction Meditation for Kundalini by taught by Yogi Bhajan. And if you start, if you have a ton of obsessive thoughts, do it 11 minutes a day. And then you can drop down to three to five. But in general, doing it at three to five minutes a day, it'll change your whole life. I do it every day. I've done it for three years. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And that's why when people want to change companies, maybe because of an interpersonal, like they don't like their boss or whatever. It may be time. It, there's no question. Sometimes we outgrow the nest, but more often you're going to join the next company and you're going to have the same problem with somebody else, just like this. You're going to recreate that pattern. And so I do challenge people to 
first of all, get bigger than the whole problem and see what they can evoke from that person. See what they are evoking through their actions and see if they can evoke something better and just, and, and see how changing their projection can change their whole experience of where they are. There's so much we can do to change our experience of where we are without making massive changes. So if there's nothing else that you want to go over with us, where can we find you? How can women get help from you? How can they learn to navigate this and and making money and business and help? They need help. Everybody needs help. And how can you help them? Yeah. Well, I would love to help. (laughs) And my Instagram is at Mary Margaret Skelly. If you subscribe to my newsletter at marymargaretskelly.com, we're rolling out a, a number of different programs because women come to us from all different levels in their career, all different sectors. They're entrepreneurs. They work in the corporate world. And we're designing a couple different programs to speak to different uh, issues and, and challenges you might be facing. So stay tuned and my newsletter is the best way. That's awesome. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. My pleasure. And and I am so glad you came. Thanks for having me. Take care.